damn refrigerator. I sure am hungry. Yo, 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 what's good, everybody? Welcome back to the Morning Dinner Podcast. It's your boy, Keem and Chuck, and we host the Morning Dinner Podcast. Based out of Las Vegas, we sit down with creators, entrepreneurs, and hustlers, and have conversations. What up, Cameron? Oh, yeah. What's up, Keem? What up? Today, we got Cameron uh, Devin in the house. Dude, we, we this is a nice little, you know, throwback to like when we first met, you know. When was the first time we met? We, um, I think it was at the studio. It was at the you guys had a studio, Indie Flare Studio, Indie Flare Studios hey. down in the Arts District, and it was awesome. And I think I I showed up for a party or so, your opening oh, party. Oh, that was the party. Yeah, that's yeah, what it was. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think Cash Culligan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then after that, um. I had met some friends of mine, Kyle and B, who Kyle, who you had on the show, yep. Kyle Harris. Yep. Um, and we wanted to start a um, like a sort of a concert series, kind of reminiscent of So Far Sounds, yeah. But sort of more local, you know. Yeah. And it was called Vegas Live Sessions, and we had I think four of them at your guys's place. We had um, a couple. We, had, we would yeah. have two a month. Yeah, we had quite a few. It was basically yeah. just like a, a small, intimate acoustic show mm-hmm. with with musicians. We'd have like a host and. Um, yeah, and people would just show up, and it was actually it was really cool. At the beginning it was very organic and very, um, very cool and very relaxed. Yeah, stuff. I love the vibes. Everyone, I want yeah. to talk about that because yeah. it actually reminded me of So Far Sounds mm-hmm. when uh, we had um, who do we have on that we did uh, our Sonia? Yeah, yeah, Sonia. Yeah, we had Sonia on here a couple weeks ago, and she talked about So Far yeah. Sounds. I don't know why for some reason I thought that was like a Vegas Live Sessions thing because mm-hmm. I know Vegas Live Sessions continued afterwards, and you guys, yeah. you, know, you were doing it somewhere else. Yeah, the um, Artifice. We yeah. moved it to the Artifice the and live then, stream. Airstream, sorry. Yeah, and then Airstream Park for a while. And it kind of, um, like, I stopped um, being involved in it after a certain point in time just because I got too busy for it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but Kyle and B kept it going for a pretty good while. Um, and then they kind of got burnt out on it too. But actually, yeah, it was more of a, we were sort of trying to do something similar to So Far Sounds. I wasn't as familiar with So Far Sounds when we actually, you know, thought of the concept. Yeah. Um, but then as I kind of learned more, I realized that, you know, it was a pretty similar sort of deal. Yeah. But a lot, I've, you know, I've noticed a lot of those types of events popping up all over different cities and stuff too. I've been trying to research places to, to perform and I'll stumble across like, you know, some little acoustic sessions thing at some place, you know. Yeah. And it's all the same kind of vibe. Those secret shows. Yeah, yeah the exclusivity get, of it, uh, you know. Before, yeah. before we get carried away, mm-hmm. no, yeah. <laughs> do you want to let people know who you are and sure. what you do out here real quick? Absolutely, yeah. Hi, I'm Cameron Detman. I'm a singer, songwriter, and performer here in Las Vegas. I write original music. I produce and uh, create original videos. And um, yeah, and I just like to be nice to people and make music and, you know, um, that's like, a good little bio yeah. beautiful I like, I like to be good to people I like traveling um, I like to play Super Smash Brothers Ultimate quite a lot hey. um, shit do you play it on the uh, on the on the three? What's it called? The Switch. Switch. The yeah. Switch. Mm-hmm. I'm you so said three U. No, I was gonna say three DS, <laughs> bro. Like the three U. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much me. You know. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. Your your music is a. Uh, how would you describe the sound of it? Because I I I, I listen to a lot of it, mm-hmm. and it ranges from like funky mm-hmm. to like almost a little bit country mm-hmm. slash rock. Yeah. So how, how would you describe the music that um, you make? I think a. L- I definitely would start with like I like a lot of soul music. Um, I like I, I didn't listen too much country growing up, folk? but I, um, a little be? folk, a little Americana. I think I think Americana more so than country because I don't really relate specifically to those country sort of themes. Yeah, what's Americana? Americana is like um, organic music, similar to country, but just without the, without the accent mm. and also mm. the, the lyrical. That's con- probably what I like, and also the lyrical content, not so much um, at, at those sort of country tropes. Yeah, you know? is Americana um, like? 
Johnny Cash? Would that be a little bit more? Yeah, because he's not too like. Yeah, or like um, you know the Lumineers, the Eagles. Lumineers kind of folk too. You know, um, Eagles is one. Um, A lot of classic rock bands kind of fall into Mm -hmm. that that realm too, like Doobie Brothers and um, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then who would I think modern like Sturgill Simpson? He's kind of country, but he is way more soul Americana. I would, feel, yeah. you know, than that. It, it, it yeah. was your uh, your your track, uh, "Never Giving Any Way." Uh, yeah. That's the track that made me mm-hmm. feel it was country, but it, uh, I, I, it's, I guess it's not. But it, like it, to me, it had those like instrumentations. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And those strong vocal yeah. dynamics. I'm of, definitely driven by um, organic music primarily. Um, especially, I listen to a lot of you know classic rock and stuff growing up. A lot of you know. Hall and Oates, Doobie Brothers, um, you know, like the, the Eagles, stuff like that. And then also a lot of soul, like Earth, Wind & Fire, George Benson, and, you know, yeah. Lotus, Lotus hey. Redding, those kind of guys. And um, it, so it kind of, uh, I like to try to do a combination of that as well. Um, I don't know. I, I like being eclectic, too, because it's really hard to kind of, put, you know, to... I'm very ADHD, yeah. so my attention kind of is all over the place, and mm-hmm. I think musically it, it does that as well. Because some days I'll be like, "Oh, I want to write something really funky," or I'll go, "Oh, I just want to write something with a lot of soul," or I want to write like a blues song, or I want to try my, you know, try making something kind of more digital, and mm-hmm. you know, because music is so interesting nowadays that it's, um, it's very, it has more jumped around to so many different places, you know, over the even in a very short amount of time. I feel, yeah, you know, like early two thousands, everything was all just about you know, singer songwriter types. And, and then it kind of morphed into, uh, you know, EDM morphing with pop, you know, with like Gaga coming out. So, yeah. like, and then the, all the EDM DJs came around and then they took over, you know, whatever everybody was doing. And then now there's this sort of thing called post EDM that's happening where it's all just a lot of organic instruments combined with digital instruments as well. So there's like a lot of elements like real guitars, real, you know, um, soulful and, and big sounding vocals, but then you have like a lot of digital drums and, and it almost as, also helped with the production of everything too, because everybody also is, is a producer now, you know, it, and you don't need a whole entire band. Yeah, like everything. Uh, like absolutely. You know, you know, people are just making songs on their laptops, like, yeah. and, and it's they're wild. making big songs. And it's amazing because, you know, back in the day, like a producer was somebody that you hired and it was an outsourcing thing, you know? Yep. And it's like, you, you have, it's like you're in a band, right? And you write a bunch of songs and you find a producer and then you find, the, you hook up with the producer, you do the pre-production, you get together and then he does all of that work. All you do is record and then just sit back and let him do everything, you know? Right. But now everything is so hands-on. Right. You know, mm-hmm. if you're if you're an artist now, you have to be a video editor, you have to be an audio engineer, you have to be a producer, you have to be a social media marketer, you have to be a photographer, you know, just like there's, so, you know, and then you have to also be your own booking agent, like, and, you know, like even like management and stuff like managers only kind of come in to artists a lot of time, like on a very higher level than they used to. And it used to be a lot more like, Oh, you, I see potential in you. Like, and then I'm going to help build you up. And now it's like, you do all your own artist development and then eventually someone will come along. Like, at yeah. Some point, wow. So, know? so it's really had the industry has changed that much to where in a they kind of have to wear more I hats. Mean, there's, there's still, you know, managers that, that do look kind of from the beginning, but just as a whole, like, you know, artist development used to be a thing that record labels would do and managers would do. And now it's kind of more focused on the artist itself because everybody has the tools now. Yeah. There's no excuse to an extent. It's like you have social media, you have YouTube, you have all the ways that you can put your content out there. You know, there's all the gatekeepers aren't, the gatekeepers aren't the only ones that like have a way for you to, you know, get uh, success basically. 
You know what I mean? Well, to think about the way it was done back in the day, yeah, you had to your management or whoever was was marketing you had to basically find out find out different avenues mm-hmm. of promoting you and your music mm-hmm. as opposed to now where you can just post an Instagram story yeah. and people know exactly what yeah. you're up to. Yeah, it's amazing, you know. You know? You kind of touched on something right now where you were talking about how much easier it's gotten to be your own mm-hmm. one-man band. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been in bands before. Mm-hmm. Do you prefer the solo act or like being in a band kind of thing? Oh, man. Um, there's pros and cons to both, you know. Um, I feel like I had more fun in a band mm-hmm. because, especially if you're in a band with people you like yeah. you know, or that you love, you know, right. because it's like being in a band is like being in a relationship with, you know, multiple people mm-hmm. and instead of having sex, you're playing music, yeah. Yeah. you know? It's kind so of the like, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you, that's the same common, euphoric. That's, yeah, that's the only thing. It's like you're, you're sharing text. in this like intimate experience together. You know, you're creating something, you know, instead of children, you're creating music, you know? Yeah. And so there's a lot of amazing times and there, there are moments where, you know, um, the way we'd write songs in my old band would be just like sort of an organic thing. We would be just be in a room together and somebody would just start doing something. It's that creative juice yeah, just flowing. And then, and then the drummer would make a beat around it and then you would kind of go and you would just kind of feel it out and then until it train wrecked and you'd be like, oh, I really like what you're doing up, up until this point. So let's start again and then try it. And then you just kind of keep trying to make, build this thing out, you know, like, um, and that was, what that way of writing was so much more fulfilling than just kind of writing by yourself. Because writing, I mean, and then there's, you know, doing everything solo, you have way more control over it. And there's a lot more um, things you can kind of do without any, without having to like. Get it rejected. Yeah, and appease yeah. everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, but then a lot of that was fun. You know, you, you liked other people's opinions too. And so that's mm-hmm. why co-writing is a thing still as well, you know, but um, bands are hard, really hard. To because, keep organized and yeah. like meet up and. Yeah, it's like you have to also balance everyone else's schedules, yeah. you know, you know, relate their relationships, you know, come into play as well and their their jobs and um, and all that type of stuff. And then it's like you have to keep everybody happy, too. Yeah, you know, it's like if somebody doesn't feel like they're being represented enough in the music or, you know, or whatever it might be like, then you have to talk about it. So, like, there's just yeah. a lot of a lot of things, you know, that have to go right, you know, for it to be awesome. And, you know, and it kind of goes to shows because a lot of bands break up, you know, right. A lot of them. And. <laughs> Including mine, you know, but we're, we're still cool and everything, but yeah, oh, just, yeah, of course it was just, we had gone for about six years and then, um, then I had gone solo and I kind of been doing that ever since, you know, I forgot, I forgot who we were talking to about this, but, uh, they mentioned that, uh, instead of having like a physical band now, mm-hmm. people, what musicians do is they'll have like a community of friends that they can always reach out to yep. for gigs. Yep. So like if you're playing a show, you have a friend who can come play yeah. bass or guitar or, yeah. you know, something like that. Yeah. I, uh, luckily for me, I do uh las vegas has a really great cover scene where you yeah. play cover songs to make money you know and um you know it's been around for a long time and a lot of bands that have been come through vegas started out playing cover gigs like imagine dragons and the killers they were playing cover gigs you know really uh, oh yeah and so like like playing at o'shea's there's a cover gig there where there's a really not great stage and it has a really shitty electronic drum kit and the gig is just really lame and, <laughs> and kinda, it's fun but it's kind of cringy you know at the end of the day like the way they eq everything it's just you sound like a bar band you know, like a, yeah. you, know, those, you know what i mean and yeah. so they're not um, making it a concert they're making it but background yeah, music but you get to develop those skills you know like doing crowd work and and kind of feeling you know mm-hmm. things out and just performing in general as a whole like having that um, that kind of practice really helps you as a performer because performing specifically is something that you can only really get better at if you're actually performing like rehearsing is 
there's only so much you can do in rehearsal because right. it's not the same thing. It's like you can make all the same motions and play the same notes and stuff. But like when you're there in the moment and you know, the crowd's there and there's adrenaline and there's all the, all these other factors that are happening. The only way to really have, be ready for that is to just be doing it so much that you are trained for it. You know, that you, like you can work the stage fright out of yourself. Cause it's like first, when you first start performing things are, you get freaked out and it almost becomes like this big blur and it's like, Oh, and it all happens so fast. And you're like, Oh, that was awesome. I don't remember any of it, you know? <laughs> and, th- but then eventually that kind of subsides and then you can be focused, you know, on what you're doing. And right. so, yeah, it's one of those things that that gets better with uh, the more you do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, remember I, I used to shoot, uh, I used to shoot Sapphire a lot. And nice. It, it go 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 into those going because it was a strip club and they had a pool a pool club right. Yeah. So like be, the first time I shot versus the last time I shot was completely different because mm-hmm. you kind of know what to expect. You kind of know where to be at what times yeah. to get you know the to get the shot or to you know mm-hmm. to make your mark on the on stage and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Exactly. It's repetition. You know. Do, yeah. Do Do you think that that you know there's a stigma or like a kind of like a um a way that people think about. Like, are there artists out there who are like, oh, no, I refuse to play covers, you know, because I don't yeah. want to be that cover band yeah. player. Yeah, I've, I have friends that have felt that way in the past, too. And I, you know, there's points to both sides of that. Like, you know, even me personally, I have felt um, that I, you know, that it's really easy to get sucked into it because the money's good. Right. And a lot of, you know, as a musician for most of my life, um, all I really wanted was, you know, this the dream was like, what if I just got paid to play music? That right. would be so fucking cool, you know? And then with, with these cover gigs, you know, that's a that's an achievable goal, you know? And I achieved that goal. And then I've just been like riding that wave. It's like, oh, I'm just getting paid to play music. This is amazing and stuff. But, but then after a while, it, it becomes, you know, more of your life than you want it to be. And it's like, there's, it's the aspect of the business that you don't want to focus too much on. Like you want to be able to create your own music and, and be recognized for your own accomplishments and not just for playing other people's music you know right but it's still at the same time like i get to go out and play you know three or four nights a week and just like make people smile and have and have mm-hmm. a good time and everyone you know said they always say really nice things and it's so it's so that's in itself is very fulfilling and again it's also practice it's a way yep. for me to it's just a good way to, look at to it. constantly get better at my craft and and you know and not have not be so surprised at anything nothing surprises me anymore like drunk people dancing around just yeah you know people if anything yelling, it, like it kind of prepares you for that life because mm-hmm. I, I know there's i know some crazy shit happens when you perform like in front yeah. of actual people at a venue mm-hmm. you know when you yeah. perform at a bar where it's like the worst case scenario because people go yeah. there to drink you know what i mean well, they yeah. don't and, and especially just like the ability to be conscious because again like i said like be just the adrenaline pumping can be so um it's a good thing and a bad thing because like it's a great feeling but then you lose focus and you you know you may have rehearsed you know this thing you know or for you weeks and weeks and weeks up, because yeah. of fuck it up anxiety is just out yeah, the window you know yeah. so so just having that ability to control your mind and and be calm is very invaluable 100%. and i think that you know the biggest thing that i i think that a lot of artists really wish they could have more of is stage time you know mm. and that's a it's a big thing and you know um the cover gigs are a really cool thing with that but also at the same time like they can kind of suck the life out of you and you can get caught up in it and I know a lot of guys that have been doing it for so many years and you can just tell it just kind of just drained the life force from them, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, and it just depends, you know, but uh, again, like, you know, guys in Imagine Dragons, they were doing those gigs for two to three years, but then they 
we're using the money to make to then fund exactly going on to tours yeah. and, and that's and being smart studio time yeah that's being smart mm-hmm. with it man yeah um there, there, there's definitely a trade-off you know with with being uh with playing covers and things like that because it does mm-hmm. help you to to fund your your goals mm-hmm. but at the same time i see what you're saying where yeah. people are like oh, okay there, there, there's a stigma towards it but um I was gonna say almost like with with, with photography and like mm-hmm. and, and being a, vi- a videographer, there's things that pay the bills that aren't necessarily the passion. Oh, for but sure. But they like allow weddings. you to do the creative. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like weddings, right? Mm-hmm. Weddings are very very like very. There's a very big stigma against weddings because there's a lot of people a lot of people out here that don't like doing weddings. Oh, for sure. And and weddings pay. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, oh, yeah, but at I, the end of the day, they allow you to do your 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 passion, and it's also like and th- this is what I was what I was getting to is that um as as a musician as a creative person you get kind of like you you get off of on two different things whether it's like playing music and Mm -hmm. and seeing the reaction on people's faces right like that i'm sure that's something that also plays into it because i know like for my photography like if if i if i do a wedding even even if it's not fulfilling like i love it when a bride goes oh my god i'm gonna treasure these forever oh for sure and then and then they're gonna and then they're gonna show the the, either the video or the wedding album every year it's gonna be a thing for them oh yeah you know there's that self-satisfaction definitely fulfilling aspects of it and and, you know like i have I've had people so many times just be like, you just made our night. We stayed the entire time because of you playing. And I was just like, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I love that, you know? And that's at the end of the day, what I really want to achieve with my art anyways, is to bring joy and, and positivity to the world, mm-hmm. you know? So it's kind of me just being sort of picky, I guess, as to how I, you know, what I'm doing that brings that sort of positivity. Yeah. It's like, I want it to be my thing and not other, you know what I mean? Other people. So it's kind of, I think you, you have to have that though. Yeah. Cause you know, that, that makes you who you are creatively. The human drive yeah. of creativity. You know? I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like anytime like people are like, Oh yeah, you're doing the same thing over and over. But I'm like, but I'm making that money. So when I want to do my creative <laughs> shit and I want to do my yeah. passion, I'm mm-hmm. not like worrying about getting the funds. I have yeah. the funds mm-hmm. to literally do whatever I oh, want. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you got to suck it up, but you can always find positives in everything you do. Absolutely. Your day-to-day life. Like yeah. you just said, you know what I mean? And King yeah. too. Yeah. No, yeah, it's true. Let's uh, talk about The Voice real quick because oh, I know you have, you, I know you have an experience performing oh, yeah. and, and auditioning for mm-hmm. The Voice. Oh, yeah. Can man. you talk about how that happened? Yeah. So, um, so I was on season 13 of The Voice um, and how it happened was I had done what's called the cattle call. I like to call it the cattle call, but they just call it the open call. Yeah. But it's one of those, it's like the American Idol thing. You see the lines of people waiting for five, six hours, you know? So we did that. We went to Los Angeles. Do people actually do that though? Like oh, they, yeah. there's, there's a line oh, out there. Yeah, There's a line. Wow. And that's just like, that means anybody, you guys could go. Anybody can just show up. Yeah. Right. You just have to like sign up online and go. And we got there at like four 30 in the morning. We waited for like five hours. Um, and then we got into our little audition thing. And then we were in like a little, room with like a guy on a desk and there's like six chairs and then everyone just like steps forward and sings a little song and then that's it and they write it down and then they're like all right we'll call you back if you we want you back and then they never called so that and that was like in 2000 and like 13 or something like that or or, or 12 maybe i don't know it's, it was a while back mm-hmm. and so but apparently they keep tabs on um everybody like from the who who auditions right and so they have teams of people that will just you know, check on you to see if you've progressed in any sort of way. And so, and at the time I had, I'd been posting videos online and, and writing original music and stuff. And so, so they called me or, or they emailed me rather. And we're like, Hey, uh, we want to give you a private audition. We're doing an audition in Las Vegas and we see that you've improved. We want you to come try out. And so I was like, fuck it. Let's see what happens. Yeah. You know, cause I had, I don't really watch the show. My mom loves the show. My dad, uh, I think he, he likes it well enough, you know? And so I went 
did the audition. I sang a couple, I sang like a Hall and Oates song and like Chris Stapleton or something. And I got through and they, then they gave me a little interview process, like where they wanted to see my personality and I made the guy laugh a few times. And so, um, and then they gave me what's called the executive callback which is where then you go to, um, a undisclosed location in Los Angeles and then you stay there for about a week um, and then you do the audition um, in front of some NBC executives. Oh, wow. And so we did that. I sang a couple songs for them. It's like and one, you can play your instrument and another you have to just have a microphone yeah. so they can see what you are, you know, with just a mic and stuff. So I did that and then um, then they advanced a bunch of us in, in one room. So they like split two different groups and one group was the they didn't make it and then the rest were all at the for the blind audition which is the one where they hit the buttons and like that the, the, the chairs are turned around and stuff and so then what that entailed was i had to spend uh, an entire month um in that same place there's like a hotel in california and you're sequestered there you can't leave for like the entire month you're paid um you know uh wait so you can't fee. even go outside of the you hotel can, uh, you can go across the street where there's a strip mall which had like a sushi restaurant uh, a denny's and then like four other places and then like a starbucks say and, what yeah and that's the only place and you, so you, you can't can, tell anybody mm-mm. like you can, oh, okay. no the people did but it's more like uh you can't like um you can't post anything online about it yeah because then you'll like be that. disqualified or whatever that and it's probably legal you probably get sued <laughs> well there's that and there are super fans that like are always there trying to like find out who the next contestants are and stuff oh damn so, yeah it's like that on that kind of level super it's fans really, bro yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy like even and like there was like a, there was like a, some super fans outside of the studio <laughs> it was weird and it's like there was a leak that happened like right uh, maybe like two weeks in um and they some like voice fan page had like posted my name and just it was among everybody else's stuff so like my name got leaked and it was like really weird i was like well this is crazy so anyway um so there for the whole month you just um they give you your your look they put you through hair and makeup they, they give you all these interviews to kind of you know build your story build your personality around and then you um sing uh you 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 pick your one song and then you just practice, 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 practice the entire month. All by the, yourself. Um, by yourself, also with a vocal coach and also with all the friends you make and stuff. Everybody kind of oh, okay. warms up together and practices. And the whole experience was amazing. Like nice. it was um, overall, it was basically like adult singing camp. I was going to say like summer That's camp. <laughs> yeah, man, it was, it was really cool, you know. And so I met a lot of really amazing people. A lot of them from Nashville, actually. And um like I became friends with a bunch of these dudes that all lived in Nashville and we were playing, you know, cards against humanity and drinking in the hotel and just having nice. a good time. Like it, it was, it was really cool. Stuff like that. And, and then, you know, on top of that other, there are other songwriters there too. So people like show each other ideas and stuff. So like the whole thing was just really, really cool. Do you still uh, talk to any of them? Yeah. A few of them. That's um, nice. There's a girl named Shiloh who I um, became friends with. She does So Far Sounds New York quite a bit. Uh, there's a guy named John Marrow up in Ohio who I really like. He's, he's this crazy, uh, like kind of Prince Michael Jackson I sort of you know dude he's got an amazing Ooh. voice dances really good like yeah. he's super kind of uh, spasmatic like just ah like you know does all these like he's just really really um, eccentric I guess would be the better word for it but he's really cool um, there's a guy named Chris Holt uh, he's a country writer out in Nashville um, I think he still writes out there um, so all these people are still doing it and still mm-hmm. like killing it with the work that they're doing. Yeah, they're still doing things. There's a guy named Corbin. He, he lives in Atlanta. I became really good friends with too. And um, he is, I believe he's in a band and I think put out a couple songs and stuff. I haven't heard much from him. He's kind of not very active on social, but anyway. Yeah. So yeah, a bunch of people. And then long story short, I didn't get a chair to turn. Um, it was 
one of the most like terrifying experiences like we talk about like being ready for, yeah. for anything and stuff but it was like it's a live audience it, right like yeah. there's people out well, it's there it's like a 700 you know cap live audience plus all the cameras plus a little bright tele, plus, light tele bright yeah and plus you got you know what's his fucking name um Steve Carson, Carson oh. Daly is there and like all the all the hosts are there and just um well, I had do you remember who the hosts were yeah it was uh Adam Blake uh Miley Cyrus and Jennifer Hudson oh nice yeah yeah so um yeah, but I just basically dang like, man, that sounds like a super exclusive kind of thing. Like oh, man, was, you know, especially the whole so living in. I would have been like, you motherfucker, better turn your chair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, the whole thing was just over and done with before I even you know before I, I even realized what was happening. Like it was, it all happened so fast. You yeah, know? and I just like didn't really stick the landing, unfortunately. And um, it happens, you know. Yeah. And even since then, I've I've it kind of lit a fire under my ass to be you know just a better performer overall and. Um, yeah, it, but it was a little bit intense just the way they kind of like, you you realize as soon as you're done that you were just like a product to them, you know? They're just like, all right, bye-bye. See you later. And then you're just like, what? Yeah, I oh. mean, I mean, like, you even said it yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, they put you on a list to call mm-hmm. back so that yeah. they can kind of save themselves the work in the future of having yeah. to look for people. Yeah, look at it that you way. You know what I mean? mean? And, but I mean, if you made it on the list, mm-hmm. that, 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 that says something, yeah. I feel, man. Yeah, Because yeah, how many people did you see audition? How many people got on that list, right? Yeah, do you remember anybody from two, the first time you did it? No, it was just random people that were got with it. us, you know? Yeah. So, But yeah, I mean, again, like, the whole experience of the world was great. The staff and everybody who works for the show are some of the nicest people. Everyone is super, you know, nice and supportive and, and cool and... Um, but at the end of the day, it's just a show. It's production. Right. You know? And they yeah. got to just, you know, go on to the next thing. And, that's why I got, so, that's why yeah. I got respect for uh, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. You know, Keanu Reeves, right? The John Wick yeah, yeah, movies. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. That Matrix. dude is, that dude is so generous that like, I think, what was it? The, the Matrix movie that he did? Yeah. Like made millions, right? And instead of keeping all that money to himself, he gave it back to the cast and crew. No, no like, way. Makeup, makeup, special effects, editors. He gave that money to them. Dude, that's amazing. He, he goes, bad, y'all made man. that movie. He's a real deal. Yeah. He's a real guy. He's super calm too. I mm-hmm. watched that video and I like just, uh, I think about his little motorcycles, but he was like, <laughs> Oh yeah, so he does that. He has his own motorcycle calm. company. Yeah. Oh, that's, See, that's cool. Yeah. I was like, yeah. that's tight. I didn't know. I love when you hear about that, like celebrities that had these like specific sort of passions that you would yeah. really expect, you know? I think everybody has to have a, not only like, like your passion, mm-hmm. but you got to have a hobby or you yeah. got to have one of those things. Side you know passion. I mean? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, let's sure. talk about this. Like, how do you feel about that? Because like, mm-hmm. there's people who say like, Oh, you're a singer songwriter. Your hobby should be performing music or you're a photographer. You should love taking pictures as a hobby. See, like, yeah. You know, do you think it's, conversation. do you think it should be like, Oh, you should have that, your passion and a hobby on the side. No, I think that you need to have other things that you fill your life with, because if you do the same thing all the time, you will get sick of it Yeah, uh, to some degree. And, and you, and especially if it's something that you love to do, cause I still love to play music and stuff, but like, you, like for instance, like with the cover gigs, like I get sick of playing for some of these rooms. Cause sometimes like people don't even care that you're even there, you know? And it's like, you put all this energy out and then they're not giving anything back and it just drains you of all your energy. And so, um, you need to have other things to fill your time with so that you can, there's some like contrast. You can come back yeah, to the thing the that, you, that you do love to do, you know, and with fresh eyes. So like, I like to play a lot of like super smash brothers. Like, yep. uh, I like to, you know, I, I've been recently getting really into just the exercise and going to the gym a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so break up that monotony, man, dude. Yeah. You got it's a real thing. Yeah, definitely. And that, and, and that's, you know, especially, I've put, you know, 10, 11, 12 years of my life into this thing. And it's like the last thing I want is to not want to do it anymore. It would just be a huge waste of time, you know? Right. So you got to have 
other things in your life like friends and family and and other smaller hobbies that aren't going to amount to any any like sort of income just things you'd like to do you right. know what i mean so yeah, i think i think, I think once it starts bringing you income those hobbies are like oh oh here we go gotta find something yeah, else because <laughs> I, I was even thinking like i was like would it be cool if i could go pro and be like a smash pro like the esports you know and just be like you a really good know, smash man. player then i'm just like oh but then i would just like well, all i would do is play smash all day and then it would like make me not want to play it as much you know so yeah uh, i think it's very rare to find like somebody who has like that strict passion where it's like do or die just like I, I was watching that guy who did like um he's like a bowling champion mm. and he got like i think Cause it's like 600 or 900 or something uh-huh. like he got, or he did even more like three like strikes, score? strikes all the way through three games. Oh my God. That's like, amazing. And I think, um, you get like a contract or something like instantly if you do that, like no matter what, <laughs> but this fool, like literally he was like, I, I saw like, I lost my wife cause of bowling. I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like this fool like is about yeah, bowling. I mean, no, you'll definitely have those, those Gary Vaynerchuk's bro. Yeah. Like, like and, and, yeah. Do or die. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. They used to be really big on the whole hustle hard mentality, mm-hmm. but I, I like, I feel like that's great. If you're that kind of person. Yeah. Exactly. You're you, going to you be that kind of person. You can't force yourself to be that kind of person. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's why I get so nervous about some of that like hustle culture stuff that people post about. Cause it's like, that is a blanket statement, you know, that does not apply to everybody. Yeah. There's every no rules to that. Personality type. Yeah. It's like, it works for some people, but like you got to have discipline, of course, and you got to be able to work hard working hard is the most important thing to get out of that. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yes, work hard, but also know how to, you know, work relax smart hard too. and yeah. well. relax hard. Yeah. You know, like I, I realized the other day I've been getting really burned out. Just, you know, always filling my day with, with some sort of thing, like a task of like, you know, I gotta be, you know, writing today or practicing this new song today or, you know, get ready for this shoot or whatever. And then, you know, I haven't actually had like a vacation since like 2017. Yeah. So in July, I'm taking like a whole week off. Just nice. Like yeah. Yeah. I went through a, a period too where I was like, I haven't had a vacation in like two years, man. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. I'm just I, like, like, I have vacation days at work oh and God. I use them all to do gigs. Yeah, me too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Same like, thing. I'm like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. So I think that's really, really important. You know and I think? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like social media has just become, made everything seem so frantic to everybody, you know? So even it makes it even more like that people have to like, be, Oh my God, be, I gotta be doing something. I gotta, gonna, I gotta look behind, cool. you know? Yeah. 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 It's all the facade for, for sure. The look cool thing. Very yeah. Much it's, so. it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And like we, we talked about it with the uh, Adam Ivy. Yeah. It's you know, validation. Everybody wants that validation. You know, I, I love is, you know, with uh, musicians a lot of times these days like that I I've, I get randomly followed by people on Instagram all the time and there's just some gal who followed me from Arizona and she was just this very you know very gorgeous young lady let's yeah. put it that way <laughs> and, yeah. um, sliding in the DMs yeah, and so and she like, I don't on her page like oh I'm you know musician songwriter artist and stuff but like the only thing that was on her page was like there was no link to anything there was yeah. sorry there's link to a SoundCloud and that's it just SoundCloud and then like she had all these different like photos from photo shoots she's been doing and all it looked like she was doing was these photo shoots and i was like okay like you don't have any clips of you singing or performing at all it's like no i'm a singer i'm I'm a performer and stuff but it's like all about just what just these photos and i was Mm -hmm. like okay and then i listened to the music itself and it was not good you know so it's like you say you're focusing on the wrong thing here clearly you know it's like you know make the best music you can and then the other stuff you can kind of kind of be secondary for it but it's like but then she had like 10,000 followers because she's a beautiful woman you know and that's yeah. just how that works you that's know that's that balance man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'll have you'll have the, the most the, the prettiest like girls get the most amount of attention but it's oh, not yeah. that much keeping people there mm-hmm. oh. 
Yeah. We're talking. I was. I was talking about yeah. it. If we were girls. If we were. If we were baddies, bro. Oh yeah. This world Oof. would be ours, dude. This world <laughs> yeah. would be ours. You know. I get mad when I see like a pretty girl. But you know, it doesn't mean you're happy. You know, that's, the day. that's true. It's funny. You know, they, always, they, they say things like, oh, it's like, it's a man's world. I'm just like, yeah, but who controls the men? You yeah. Know what I mean, exactly. It's like every guy is a sucker to that one woman, you know? Yeah, exactly. This is how it works, it's man. It's a balance. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, just, I'll keep it at that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Have you have you heard that, that new song uh, uh, with Lil Nas, The Old Town Road? Yeah, I have. I have. <laughs> How do you feel about like about genres like crossing, like you know, like because it's country. It's you rap. know, Jay Z did that back. Kind of I day. think. <laughs> oh, he did that. Lincoln There's Park. a lot of controversy with oh, that yeah. one. Yeah. I think that if the intention is sincere, coming from that guy Lil Nas, right? Yeah. That's his name, yeah. Um, then I think that it should be, you know, in whatever genre it seems to be fit. And, you know, they had a thing where they were just like, it's not a country song. And it's like, well, I mean, it fits all the tropes. Yeah. It just doesn't fit the, or the, the sort of like traditional, you know, um, way that people perceive country music to be, yeah. you know, it's a fusion. It so is. what's like Limp, Limp Bizkit like, or Chris Rock? What is that? Is that rock music or is that? That's like rock and rap. So that, that was like a whole thing. Oh, rock. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How about country rap? Yeah, it's kind of like how Lincoln Park did the the rock and rap thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, if it works, it works. Um, I think that the, I can see how the people who are, especially like the sort of traditional country music fans, yeah, don't like it because you know, con- country music follows a lot of those music tropes where of, of being sort of crafted in a way that takes time and care and also uses like organic instruments. Like you hear guitars, you hear lap steels, your bass drums and all that type of stuff. But then again, there's a thing that's happening called bro country where it's basically just like, and it's just like, is that what, 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 like, what is it called bro? Bro country. Is that what, what, the butt rock country. What Nelly was doing for a while? No, I'm more, it's more like that. Like if it's meant to be, it'll be, it'll be, you know, that song, whatever, like it's just a beat with like a country sounding guy. Uh And then that's it. It might as well, it could just be a pop song. It's just a pop song. Right. right? But they just throw a country twangy guy and then like maybe like an acoustic guitar or something or a banjo and then call it a country (laughs) song, you know? And so like the, the traditional country fan you know, some people have accepted that and some people haven't. And I yeah. think that this kind of, this little nonsense thing kind of goes into that same realm of like, this is not traditional. It's not what I, what I'm used to. So yeah. I don't like it, you know? Yeah. But I think that you have to be open-minded to whatever kind of comes along. I have so um, much respect hey, it for blew it, him up though. I got so much yeah. respect. I never heard so. of him before that mm-hmm. song. Have you heard his old music though? No. Dude, it's crazy. It's not, it's, it's not nothing like it. No, no, it's just rap music. Is it just wow. trap trap stuff? Yeah. Dude, he just, well, then he fucking hit gold with that because oh, yeah. he just figured out something that. Everybody does it, man. Yeah. If you want to call it culture vulture, whatever, like, it is just how well, it is. Well, yeah, I think it's about uh, who, everybody who does a song with a Latin artist now. Yeah, it's, it's, almost, ultra, it's, like, it's just it how is. it is. It almost seemed like it was like sort of like a, a satire song, though, you know? Yeah. And I think yeah. also that. I mean, if you look at the music video, the music yeah. video was great, though. And I think that's another thing also that why people didn't care for it so much because it almost seemed like he was making fun of the whole thing yeah you know and that kind of rubbed people the wrong way maybe you know i liked it man i went to go visit my family in cali over the weekend mm-hmm. and i got my i think he's like four years old and i get to his house my my, my little my, my little my, my cousin's kid mm-hmm. we call him nephew but he's not you know he's my cousin's <laughs> yeah, kid. yeah but that's yeah. how it works but that's right. how mexicans do it <laughs> but uh but yeah i get i get to the party and that song's playing yeah and he loves that song mm-hmm. and he's four years old i'm like oh okay so little nas knows what he's doing because if they're getting the attention at that young of an age and then that's catching on 
they know something I don't for sure. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I, I first saw the video um, like a week or two ago before mm-hmm. I even went to Cali. Yeah. I didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, that's interesting. But then to see that many people play it, and I guess mm-hmm. it's playing on radio too. And Yeah, it is. I yeah. hear it all the time at every you know, bar and club and that I song, go to. I think that's, a, that's an example of like how you know, with when, when with songwriting these days, like hooks are such an important thing. Like yep. they've become more important than a lot of other aspects of songwriting that used to be more important. Like, um, like the actual lyrical content being right. something of value and, and something deep and, and, you know, thought provoking, yeah. which, which, you know, is great, but not everybody likes that. And a lot of people just like a party jam or something that like makes them feel good or something that gives you a nice vibe, mm-hmm. you know? And so a lot of songs nowadays are just that. Yeah. It's like they're a nice vibe or they have a catchy thing to it or it's like a, you know, some, it's like that. It's just why that Baby Shark song got so big. <laughs> Dude, they did a Mexican <laughs> band cover. <laughs> like that's a hook. Like, you know, so like I, and that's, and hooks are also consumable by everybody all ages right because you know I mean? right. like the repetitiveness but yeah. it's but such an easy thing to attain oh yeah. you know for the but human. i think that's part of the thing though man mm-hmm. i think like you know people who do these baby shark songs like they're smart like yeah. they get it they're they, they know what There's sells it, man. and they're and they're making mm-hmm. money off of it like mm-hmm. and you know and who knows maybe whoever wrote that baby shark song i don't know who wrote it or there's something it's a korean something song in the or, music or, like world i think it's from korea like it's a from a korean children's show or something. yeah something wow. like that yeah. it could be it's crazy because they said something about chords like a certain chord progression that you use and it's only like three chords mm-hmm. that's all you need to have that yeah mm-hmm. i've seen those videos on facebook and i'm like it does make sense because like most of the songs do here you're like oh damn that's all you need to yeah because if it's too complex people lose like it, it might be too much for them but that's yeah. what i like i love experimental see, I, I see i like know? i like a lot of older tunes just because there was you know the 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 things that were valued back then were more so you know things along the lines of like musicianship and then then actually again like lyrical content being something thought-provoking or interesting or um, or, or even like something that didn't make much sense, but you had to kind of like analyze it, you know? And I think that's just the way that people consumed music back then. It was a lot more of like a, a whole piece of cohesive art and experience. Like with an album, you, you know, bought the thing, you took it out of the, the slip, you like put it on, you, you got to read it and, and like look inside. And while, while you're listening to it, you kind of got to experience it all together. Right. And now, you know, you just it's just stream. now it's just like all right no, next song next song next song next song right. no, it's just like something junkie mentalities are just these is something that like people have expected to get for free now you yeah. know you used to have to pay for it and now oh yeah bro like you have to put, just put it out and like you don't get really if any you money put out if it. you put a new song out yeah. and it's not on spotify and mm-hmm. itunes I'm like, well, I guess I'm not listening to it. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's just what the mentality yeah, what are you is. Get a CD. Don't like, don't blame me. Mm-hmm. No, I'll buy the CD. <laughs> I'm saying, like, most people, the mentality <laughs> is like, like if it's not available for free, how do I even know I want yeah. it? Right? Yeah. Like that 30 yeah. second sample used to be good enough back in the day in iTunes. Oh my God, not anymore. You don't get you know? that no more. Like now, yeah. you got to get the whole song for free. You get the music video for free. I want to see the behind the scenes video. Won't give a damn. <laughs> I want to get to know you as a person. Yeah. And then. I might. <laughs> I might buy a ticket to your show. You know Dude. what I mean? Like, yeah, isn't that crazy? It's all about shows. It's like you have to put so much of yourself out there, you know, more than you used to. And kind of going yeah. back to what you said at the beginning, man. Mm-hmm. It's just like you got to do everything nowadays to stand out and be mm-hmm. that next person. But yeah. it, it goes back to like we. Uh, I was talking to a coworker about like just how like even editing and video and mm-hmm. photography, like it's gonna get to a point where you film a video, you put it into a program, and just hit edit. <laughs> And it'll edit yeah, it for you. Because Resolve, you. like I just found a DaVinci Resolve, if you put like a whole video clip in, 
like let's just say you had a full video clip of yeah. already recorded mm-hmm. thing it will split up the clips automatically <sighs> oh and i'm God. like yeah oh fuck <laughs> well, you, you know programs like like the musicbed.com right have mm-hmm. you heard of them i think so. they're like they're mm-hmm. websites where you can go to get royalty free music you pay 50 bucks or oh, whatever yes. for the track yes you can put like i want this be permitted i want this like feeling emotion sad happy energetic mm-hmm. i want with with vocals without vocals and it customizes yeah. like like a play not a playlist but like it, it, it actually is a playlist it'll it'll customize an entire like playlist of music that matches that sound That's of what crazy. you're looking for so i mean like, i think I'm, it's only a matter of fact until like your editing software for video be crazy. can learn your edits as you do them yeah because think you about know? when you can because I, I know a guy made it already but you can hum like a tune in and it fucking <laughs> will convert it easily into like chords and then you oh. just fix it because they already have yeah. something like Damn. that but think when it gets really good where you can just literally like just be right here make a whole thing it'd be tight for certain musicians but you know then, and i think that's a like, lot of damn. i think that's why concerts and and real life experiences have become so popular because there are so many things that have just been sort of made easier yeah you know? and there's a lot less like sort of human element to it and so like that's why I think people love still to see like somebody actually do something in real life, you know, mm-hmm. like, which is, and, and why, like, you know, you, you see people walking around and, you know, just t- trying to take pictures of everything because everything's all about the experience. Yep. Now, and people want to validate themselves and be like, look where I'm at. It's just right back what you're talking about. It's crazy. Validating. It's just a big yeah. old circle. It's tight though. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Oh, I wanted yeah. I wanted to get your, uh, your, your thoughts on mm-hmm. your most recent release, Eclect- Eclectic City, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Can, we, can we speak about how you came to create that project and, um, yeah, I started working on the songs, man, like, like 2015. And so uh, I worked with a producer named Pat Hudley here in town. He's recorded Almost Normal, uh, Avalon Landing, those guys from back in the day. Um, and he also records this rapper named Yauda. Um, he, he's very uh, well-versed in um, you know a lot of different genres. And he's a really good guy, really nice. And so we did this project, uh, started it back then and uh, finished it when I was in Singapore um, and we released it uh, I think last July and yeah it's it basically it's like a, a six songs that I put together that I really like that are kind of all they have fitted different sort of categories like because I again you know I like to keep things eclectic and I have a lot of different musical tastes so I try to sort of combine that all into one EP of, of stuff like that and and uh, I think it turned out good I really like um, my favorite tracks on, on the uh, um EP itself is long term lady. It's kind of yes. a funky jam. Yeah. Yo, the chorus mm-hmm. on that, yeah, that one. <laughs> bro. I was I couldn't Thanks, stop. I, I must have listened to it like thirty times oh, in a row the yeah. other day. Thanks, man. It's just like mm-hmm. I didn't see it coming. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it switched up so much mm-hmm. and it just it hit on beat so Thanks, well. Man. Yeah. If you haven't listened to it, you gotta check it out, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I like too. And then um yeah, and so I uh, actually have two new songs about to be released with him, uh, probably within the month. Um we just finished the mixes this week, and so we're gonna send them to mastering. Then, uh, then you have to upload them to like Spotify and Apple Music, and then submit them to for playlists and all that stuff. So it's like a bit of a process, but so that should be out uh, this summer. Um, yeah, and then, uh, yeah. So anyway, I'm glad you really oh, like that, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, I was gonna ask, well, how come your music isn't on Apple Music? It is on Apple. Music. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. Because I was gonna, I was, I was posting on Instagram on morning dinner uh, that we we're gonna have you today. Yeah. So I swiped up to the music to have the music tap so mm-hmm. I can play one of your songs. Yeah. And I searched Cameron Detman, but I, I the only one song came up that it was like a feature that you did. Huh. Uh, uh, as far as I knew, I was still on there. I could double check, but I'm I wonder how sure. how what's going on with that lady? Because like I know I know like on morning dinner I can put like a music sticker and find music, mm-hmm. but on my personal account, what's well, a business account too? Oh, I see. Okay. It's the same. I 
can't. It, the huh. sticker doesn't show up there. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Have you have any? Have you had any issues with that lately? Not really. I have. You know, I have the link to it on my uh, website, the Apple Music, and my my Spotify and all that. So and it works as far mm. as I had known. You know. Yeah. But, yeah. I have an iPhone, man. So like all the all the Apple Music, like I on yeah. it, I stopped paying for Apple Music because I switched over to Spotify. I did, I did too. I did that. And then my, <laughs> my 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 phone doesn't automatically connect to the Bluetooth now. Like oh, you have see. to go and configure that. Yeah. And then you can't ask Siri to play things anymore. Yeah. Because that, now that, it's not now it's Spotify. Spotify, it's did not kind of a when that happens. They're like, yeah. fuck y'all. <laughs> oh, I, w- I want to, before we wrap up, because I think we're at the 43 minute mark. Sweet. Um, before we wrap up, I want to talk sure. about your trip to Singapore. Yeah. What, what happened yeah. out there? Oh, dude. Yeah. And how was like the people, like how they, everything. Oh, dude. So, um, so I went to, I did a six month uh, residency at the Ritz Carlton Hotel out in Singapore last year. It was, I was there from February through August. And, um, that came about because I was performing a gig here in town and I met the general manager of the hotel. He just happened to be there, watched me play. And he came up to me and was like, Hey, I really like what you're doing. You should come play at my hotel. And I was like, okay, where's your hotel? And he's like, it's in Singapore. And I was like, okay, you probably, you might be full of shit. So let's see where this goes, you know, cause, cause it's like, that's one thing in being in this business is, you know, you meet a lot of fucking people that are just, just like, talk. Oh hey, yeah. Man, hey man, I know a guy who knows a guy who works for Capitol records and well, you know, just shit like that. So like, I'm, I'm used to being let down. Right. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, let me get your card. We'll talk about it. You know? And he gave me his card and it was like Ritz Carlton millennia, you know, Singapore. And his name is Peter Mangi. And, um, and yeah, and he was, he was for real. He sent me a contract like two weeks later and I, you know, found, I thought it was just going to be like a little, little, maybe like a month long trip or something like that, but it was like a whole thing. And I just gotten out of a really bad relationship. So I was like looking, it was, per, and I just gotten done with the voice, not making a team. Like I was really sad. And so the timing of it was all just pretty much perfect. Nice. So, so I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to Asia, you know? So, so yeah. Um, so I ended up there and played, uh, six nights a week. Um, at the hotel, and that was the only obligation. How long were the sets? Just three hours, like same as here, and you know, it was originals and cover songs, you know. Um, and I got to live at the hotel in one of the rooms. No, nice. uh, I got free, you know, hotel food, like like a amazing Ritz Carlton buffet every food day, every day, three Damn, day, three times tight. a week, you know. Um, and then I got, you know, my laundry was done for me. You went me around the city though, right? All Everything? the time. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, like the city itself is, so Singapore, it, it's like a, um, if any of you guys have seen crazy rich Asians, that's where, yep. that's where it takes place. Right. I knew it. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> so Singapore is, it's, um, this tiny Island at the very Southern tip of Malaysia. Um, so it's like North of Indonesia and South of Thailand. Right. Right. And so it used to be part of Malaysia as a whole, but then after world war two, um, uh, Malaysia used to be a British colonized country. And then after the war ended, Malaysia was like, you guys are a bunch of pussies. You couldn't even fight the Japanese off for us. So we want to be doing our own thing. And so they did. But then Singapore was this sort of like hub of, of different cultures and different religions. And, um, and it was also a big port city. So there was a lot of activity that went on that didn't go on in the rest of Malaysia. You know, I'm paraphrasing obviously, but it's like the Vegas of the East kind of, yeah. And in a lot of ways. And so, um, there were a lot of new sort of laws and rules that, um, were, uh, that Malaysia was trying to apply to Singapore because it's predominantly a Muslim country. And so a lot of the people in Singapore weren't Muslim and didn't agree with that. So there was a big disagreement with that. And so there was a bunch of riots. And then like, then basically long story short, Malaysia was like, we're going to just, um, 
cast you out of the country. You can do your own thing. Fine. So they're like, all right, fine. And, and Malaysia was thinking, oh, they're going to come crawling back to us and be like, oh, we're sorry. But they never did. And they became an independent country. And then they created one of the biggest economies in all of Asia. And it's extremely westernized. It's clean. It's beautiful. It's really safe. There's barely any crime there. Really? There's Yeah. It's And it's all the building. Like half the buildings are just covered in, you know, vines and orchids. Is Singapore and, and the place like where you that. can't chew gum? Or is that um, Macau? What? No, the that's f- yeah. That's that's well. That's part of it. It's so you can't chew gum. It's it's those on rules. the roads because like they don't want it on the streets and yeah, shit. Yeah, it's more uh. of a scare attack than anything. Like you can have gum. They don't really they don't sell gum in the country, but you can like have gum. You can bring gum if you, you like smuggle gum, gum in. And, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's more of like a thing to keep things clean, you know. And yeah, and it's you, smart. And oh, you, that's dope, man. And you have to really like try really hard to get fined for it because yeah. like you have to like spit out gum in front of a cop. <laughs> you gotta be like, chewing right, all ignorant. Yeah, just spit it on his, on his on his shoes. He's like, really, man? Like, yeah, because you know it. It's a lot like you know. Europe or America in a lot of ways like everybody speaks English too like uh, like English is the first language because of the whole British colonization thing oh, that's kind of cool you weren't Sorry. super distant it wasn't no like- but there was st- but the population is still predominantly mm-hmm. Asian so it's like um, it's Malaysians Ch- Chinese um, then a lot of Indians and then um a lot of and then just like Europeans and, and white people kind of sprinkled in you know nice and um, yeah. always yeah. <laughs> there's always a white person sprinkled in yeah, yeah, we always sprinkled but it's, and it's full of but it's really cool because it's like this sort of cultural center of different you know religions and it's still the same like as you know as before and so so there are these different you know places around town that have these sort of cultural um, like hubs like there's a little India there's a Chinatown mm-hmm. there's um, you know there's a place uh, called Bugis Market, which has a lot of like you know sort of Malaysian type things. Is you it can expensive check out. to live out there? Um, yes, very it's expensive. Very expensive. Yeah, but um, but there's a lot of places you can get really cheap food at, and there's you know they have hotels, Airbnbs, and so so it's really great to visit and just kind of see because it's this it's almost like Asian Wakanda. That's what I think about it. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool, man. And um, and I got to spend you know six months out there, made a bunch of amazing friends, and just you know, wrote and practiced and perform and became, and it made me such a better performer as a whole. And, um, and I'm going back again, I'm going back only for three months though. It's just uh, basically October through December of That's this year. Tight. Nice. So, I was going to ask, I think, mm-hmm. I think you mentioned you were going back. Yeah. I was thinking of going back again, but you know, the one downside of it was just being away from home for six months. It's a long time. It was the longest <laughs> I've ever been away from three home. months is still pretty damn long too. Yeah. yeah but it was, you know, enough to where you know you're, you're being pampered basically so it was just like a, a really nice kind of relaxing mm-hmm. type of deal and it was very kind of freeing for did me did you go to any other yeah. like uh, shows or little like areas like where there's yeah. a little culture yeah there was um they have a so far sound singapore as well actually oh, oh they're everywhere, yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah, they're were everywhere. you ever doing shows out there with them uh, i did a couple gigs like i played at the facebook headquarters they have there because facebook has like one of their big like Asian oh, wow. things. And I met Damn, a lady who tight. worked there and she booked me to play and for one of their offices openings. So that was pretty cool. Nice. Um, and I just, you know, met, you know, played a couple of the local, they have like these bars that have jams and you can go up and just play a song and stuff. So I got to play with some random guys that were there. And they, so they have like a pretty decent cover song scene out there too. And then, and they have original songs too. And, and then like the guys that play original music are like, think the cover guys are lame, just like here, you know, yeah. so it's all the same, same type of shit, Damn, you know, that's crazy. Yeah. Have you ever thought about, about just traveling and performing overseas? Cause yeah. I, heard, I heard they have a bigger appreciation for music. Yeah, they do, honestly, they do, man. Like the, the people that were there were just so attentive and, and really nice. And, and, um, you know, yeah, I thought about it. I, I'm, I'm going to definitely try to make that sort of a part of my, like, you know, um, 
career. Like I'm, I'm trying to uh, do a little show in Manila because I met some friends who are in a band called Over October out there. Nice. Um, and Manila sounds like yeah. a like a rich country. That, that's uh, the Philippines. Sounds like a cookie. That's where the Manila fashion shows at. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of Milan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ignorant, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's all good, man. But yeah, and, and I'd recommend anyone to check it out, especially if like you guys are, you know, if you've been, if you've done Europe and you're, and you're like, oh, you know, I don't know if I want to do Asia because Asia, there's a lot of places. Like I went to Thailand and, and there's some, it's pretty, it's pretty sketchy. It's intense, man. But it, there's a lot of really cool things about it, but you know, it's not the same as the U.S. Like it's, it's a second, you know, for th- third world country in a lot of places, you know, and right. A lot of poverty and and you know yep. just crazy things too and so um, I feel like anywhere outside of the U.S. is the most impoverished nation because if you think about how much if you make what was it what was the statistic we're looking at Chuck where like if you make thirty thousand dollars a year in the U.S. you're like in the top ten percent or top one percent one percent one percent of the yeah. richest people in the mm-hmm. world yeah that's it's true nuts. you know it, it, it's it's like if you take the whole pool of everything in the world then yeah, yeah. it's totally the case you know and. Yeah. And Singapore is one of those places where, you know, if I, I could totally live there if I, if it was less expensive and, you know, and if I didn't live in the U S like that would be a place that I would consider wanting to live. It would be pretty cool, you know? Right. And, uh, yeah. So, so that, that's dope, man. Real quick. Uh, cool. cause we gotta be wrapping up pretty soon. All good. Um, do you, what, what do you have coming up, uh, in the future? Uh, and then kind of like where can people find you online? Yep. Sure. So, um, Right now, I have a couple new videos I just released on my YouTube channel. Um, one is a song called Wildfire. The other song is called What If. And um, I do uh, live, live looping. Okay. So it's basically like a, I just kind of build a song from scratch, like all with like beats and then with a guitar. And then nice. it's like the one man band thing. So I, I've done a couple videos of that. I have another shoot of uh, this Sunday for another video. So that should be out within uh, next month. And then again, I have two new songs with uh, my producer, Pat, that should be out also this summer. Um, and then if you, you can find all of that on my website, which is CameronDetman.com, which is just my name. Um, and you please follow me on Instagram, which is just Cameron underscore Detman. Um, you can follow me on Twitter as well and Facebook and pretty much all the places. And then also definitely on Spotify and Apple Music. There you go, man. So there you go. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for joining Thanks us, bro. For we really appreciate it. I know we've been trying to have you on since last yeah. September. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> we, made, we made it happen, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know things happen. You you went to Singapore. You yeah. came back, and we got busy. And oh, it's all good. I'm glad we were, we were able to make the time Dude, to yeah, this uh, make fun, it happen. Man. Thanks for having me again. Um, everybody you, who's man, tuning in. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in. Thank we'll you, for, man, you for joining. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you guys in the next morning dinner. Later, y'all. Damn refrigerator. I sure am hungry.